Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Week three, spoiler alert. So each week we're beginning with the end, and, and then we, we're going to go back and we're going to see how we got there. So every week of this series we've started with verses out of Revelation. And so the first week we begin with Revelation 1 and 18 where Jesus said these words. He said, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and Hades. And we went back to the beginning of the ministry of Christ three years before his death in John 2 and 19 where Jesus answered them and said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And I told you that the number three throughout scripture represents perfection. On day one, he was crucified. On day three, he was resurrected. But on day two, he went and took back the keys to death and Hades, perfecting salvation for all. And last week, we began with Revelation 22 and 13, where Jesus made this statement. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And embedded between the letters of Alpha and Omega are all the necessary letters to create a word. And we know that according to John chapter 1, that Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. From cover to cover, you can find Jesus in every book of the Bible. Maybe not by name, but you will find him there. And many words can be created using all of the letters between the first letter and the last letter. And I told you that those letters are, are those words uh, create sentences and those sentences create paragraphs and those paragraphs create stories and that story is the testimony of your life. Hebrews 12 and 2 says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's writing your story. Amen? In the 1984 film, The Terminator, Arnold, Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, character, The Terminator, he tries to enter into a police station and they deny him access into the police station to which he replies I'll be back and 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 he leaves and when the Terminator returns he drives the car through the front of the police station he was back fans loved that phrase so much that the writers decided they would include it in the next movie, so in Terminator 2, Judgment Day, he says it again, I'll be back. And, and then in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, he says, she'll be back. And then in Terminator Salvation, John Connor says, I'll be back. And in Terminator Genesis, the Terminator once again says, I'll be back. This catchphrase was so popular that it appeared in many other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies after that, including Commando. It was in Twins, Total Recall, Last Action Hero, Kindergarten Cop, and believe it or not, Jingle All the Way. You will find that phrase in those movies. Mr. Schwarzenegger even used it in political speeches when he was the governor of California. He got a lot of mileage out of that, those three words, I'll be back. But Arnold was not the first to use this phrase. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus told us that he was coming back, that he was going to return. And he didn't just say that he was coming back. He said that he was coming back soon. That's how most translations of the Bible puts it. I'm coming back soon. So today I want us to go to the very last chapter of the Bible, the very end of the Bible, Revelation 22. 
And I want us to look at these three bold statements that Jesus makes in that last chapter at the closing of your Bible. Revelation chapter 22, the first one I will read is verse 7. Revelation 22 and verse 7. Jesus says, And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Then you go down to Revelation 22 and 12. Verse 12 says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Revelation 22, now verses 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. And that's how your Bible ends. That's the last thing that we, that we read. I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. The end. That's the end of the book. That's all the information that we're going to give you. That's it. Three times in that last chapter, Jesus plainly states that he is coming back soon. For those of you who were alive or old enough to remember, who can forget where we were at on December the 31st, 1999? Y2K. Boy, it was just an eerie time. If you remember life leading up to that, and and it, it, it was just strange. If you were not alive or if you were too young to remember, it was just an eerie time in human history that we just didn't know what to expect because Y2K had us all uneasy about the future. Computer programmers were afraid that computers all over the world were going to shut down, bringing the economy down with them. And it was suggested that ATMs uh, would not work and cash registers were not going to work that bank accounts would be lost and and so people were stockpiling food and household items uh, I knew some people that went and withdrew all of their money from the bank um, Mandy and I didn't have enough money at the time so we were kind of in hopes that it all would just kind of you know just <laughs> be erased and then they would have to divide it up evenly to each citizen that's that's what we were hoping um, but as the clock crept closer and closer to midnight, there was this real concern that Jesus was coming back at 12 a.m. on January the 1st, 2000. There was just this, this feeling that something significant was going to happen. You know, Prince wrote the song, you know, about partying like it's 1999. There was less partying that year than ever before because people were just concerned what what if this 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 thing is true what if what if this apocalypse is coming upon us what if jesus does come back in this moment and never mind that the other side of the world had already rang in the new year (laughs) once again proving that we as americans think that the world revolves around us and that god operates on eastern standard time that's what we think And it's this 2,000-year-old mystery. When is Jesus coming back? He said he's coming back. When is Jesus coming back? And we've been waiting for 2,000 years, and we still don't have answers to this. And for hundreds of years, mankind has been trying to predict the return of Christ. I remember um, 
one of the first books that, that I remember reading about this was, was by a man by the name of Hal Lindsey, who predicted the return of Christ would be in 1988. The book was called The Late Great Planet Earth. And unfortunately, when 1988 came and went, um, he was just proven wrong. His prophecy was, was not correct, or him trying to explain biblical prophecy was not correct. It's interesting to me, though, that this guy still has a TV show um, where he explains biblical prophecy. <laughs> Go figure. There was another guy by the name of Edgar C. Wisnott, and he sold four and a half million copies of his book, 88 Reasons Why the Lord is, coming, or, or is Going to Come by 1988. That was the name of the book. I don't know if you could create a longer title. 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Going to Come by 1988. And the day before his prediction, the day before the big event was supposed to happen, Trinity Broadcasting Network interrupted their regular, regularly scheduled programming so that they could tell people how to get ready for the coming of Christ, how they could get ready for the rapture of the church. And they, they went through all of that, and the next day, they went right back to their programming as normal and have been ever since. Many people believe that Jesus would return on December the 31st, 2012, when the Mayan calendar completed the first great cycle and nothing came of that except a really bad movie called 2012. That was it. But this isn't just something that's happened in recent decades. There were three second century Christian theolo uh, uh, theologians rather, that predicted that Jesus would return in 500 AD. And one of them based his prediction on the dimensions of the ark, of Noah's ark. Like, here's the size of a boat. Let's do some figuring here, and we can figure out that Jesus is coming back in 500 AD. We know that they were wrong, that they, 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 they didn't predict that correctly. And it seems that we have become desensitized to the return of Christ because we have way too many save-the-date notifications that's gone out. Too many people have said, this is the date. This is when it's going to happen. And now when we see that, we, we almost know that's not it. That's not going to happen. We know that no man knows the day nor the hour. We know this. Not to mention that Jesus said that he would return soon, right? Soon? And he has it. He said he's coming back soon. And it just hasn't played out. And we've heard this our whole life and nothing has happened. We've sung songs about his return for years. Every, every once in a while, I, I like to return back to my roots just a little bit. And so if you know some of these songs, feel free to sing along with me. But we used to sing this song when I was growing up. It was, uh, I'm getting ready to leave this world. Keeping my record right, watching. I'm getting ready to. How many of you have never heard that song in your life? <laughs> the late great Andre Crouch, he wrote a song, and and all of us white people in the church I was growing up in, we had a hard time with this one because you have to get a little sway going with this one, but it, it went. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Do you know it? Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. 
Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. How many of you have never heard that one before? <laughs> you bunch of white people. One of my favorites was a Henson's classic. Anybody ever heard of the Henson's? Southern gospel at its best. When Kenny Henson sing the words, Call me gone, I'll be leaving. Call me gone, you'll be grieving. Yikes. If you're left here without Jesus to call. And of course, many of you know the song Midnight Cry. When Jesus steps out on a cloud to call his children, the dead in Christ will rise to meet him in the air. And then those that remain will be quickly changed at the midnight cry, midnight cry. You forgot your backup part. We'll be going home. And as a teenager, we would sing these songs. And I hated it. I did. I hated it because I was so afraid Jesus was going to come back before I got to experience life. Because I really wanted to know what it was going to be like to be married. And if I'm being very transparent with you, sorry if your kids are in the room, but I really wanted to know what sex would be like. That's what I really wanted to know. That's all I was concerned about, really. And if Jesus comes back too soon, what... What's up, man? You know, <laughs> you're looking at a man that saved himself for marriage. I was concerned with this, okay? Legitimate concern in my life. And then, and then the older I got, the older I got, you can take your hands off of your children's ears now. It's fine. It's safe. The older that I got, I realized that listening and singing about the return of Christ becomes a little bit disheartening if you're not careful because the older I got, the more I wanted Jesus to come back. When my kids were younger, I didn't want them growing up in this world. And so I was like, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I wanted to save them from, from having to experience this. And now the older I get, and I've got the aches and pains, and when I wake up in the morning and I'm hunched over because my back won't straighten out until I get in the shower, I'm like, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, <laughs> if, if you can come before I have to stand up out of this bed, I will be great. Thank you, Lord. And so the question still begs to be answered. When is Jesus coming back? And we've been hearing this. Our, our whole life, we've been hearing Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. When is Jesus coming back? Now, I could bore you with the millennia theory that, that basically I could throw some verses at you like this. Of, of Psalm 90 and verse 4, where the psalmist said, A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by. And, and then it's echoed in the New Testament where Peter in 2 Peter 3 and 8 says, With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. 
And so I could bore you with that, and I could tell you that the Old Testament covers this span of approximately 4,000 years, and then you have, uh, it, it's been approximately 2,000 years since the birth of Christ, and that we are on the threshold of our millennial reign, where we will reign with Christ on the new earth, and that we complete this 7,000-year cycle. And, 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 you know, I could tell you that we're there, that's all we're waiting on, and so Jesus could come at any moment, and that when he said soon, you know, a 1,000 years to someone that has been before time and will last throughout all eternity, um, really a thousand years is nothing. So, you know, if he said he's coming soon, maybe, maybe soon in his book is just a little different because he, he doesn't measure time the way that we measure time. Honestly, if I was to sit here and try and convince you of all that, I feel like I'm just trying to cover for Jesus is all that I'm doing. I'm just trying to convince you that, that you know, he's, he's, he's coming and, and I'm trying to make up excuses for his delay is what's happening. And that's not what I'm here to talk to you about this morning, because the truth is this, is that no one knows the day and no one knows the hour of the return of Christ. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. I want to read this verse, and if you will, just, just leave your Bible open to Matthew chapter 24, because we're going to come back to it in just a moment. But in Matthew 24 and verse 36, Jesus tells us exactly that. He says, However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Jesus says, only the Father knows. He said, I don't even know. Now, I've got a theory on that. I, 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 I certainly don't have scripture to back it up, and don't take my word for it. I think as long as Jesus was, was walking this planet as both Son of God and Son of Man, I think in that moment he did not know. Uh, it, I, I tend to think he probably has an idea of when he's coming back now. I don't know for sure. But he said, no man knows. No man knows. No man knows the day. No man knows the hour of when these things are going to happen. He said, only the Father knows this. Now, if we go back and, and we look at Revelation chapter 22 at the end of our Bible, where Jesus said three times, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. We have to ask ourselves, did he lie? Was he confused with the time frame? Does he measure time differently than the way we measure time? Did Jesus get it wrong? And the answer is not at all. This is another one of those cases where we lose something in translation. Because in all three of those instances where he says, I'm coming back soon, the actual Greek root word there is taku, which means swift, suddenly, by surprise. Jesus said, I'm coming back. And when he said that word, taku, when he said, I'm coming back soon, he didn't mean I'll be right back. Like, like I'm going to run down to the store, pick up a loaf of bread and some milk, and then I'll be right back to get you. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, I will be back. And when I come back, it will be swift 
It will be suddenly and it will be by surprise. So, so let me tell you, anybody that you're reading, watching on TV that says, I've got it pinpointed, I've got it figured out, I know when Jesus is coming back, beware of that. Because Jesus himself said, I'm coming back and it's going to be swift, suddenly, it's going to take you by surprise. I want you to listen to how he continues to describe his return in Matthew chapter 24. Verse 37 says, when the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. Now, there's not anything else to read into this except that they were just enjoying life. People were going through the motions of life. People didn't realize, verse 39, people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. I'm coming back soon. And it's going to be swift. It's going to catch you by surprise. And he tells us here, it will be unexpected, almost like a burglar, a thief in the night that comes to, to take from your house. He said, it will be just like that. So keep your watch. Always be ready. Don't be caught off guard. Know that I am coming back. And when I do, it's going to happen like this. As a matter of fact, it will happen so quickly, it could happen before I even have a chance to finish this sermon today. Jesus said, that's how fast it will be. I will return when it's least expected. Now, let me ask you this. And I want our band and praise team to get ready because we're, we're going to get through with this fairly quick. Let me ask you, who do you know that is not ready for the return of Christ? If it happens the way that Jesus said that it's going to happen, quickly, rapidly, unexpected, by surprise, if it happens like that, who do you know that will be caught off guard, that they will be caught by surprise? My prayer for you this week has been that the spirit of evangelism would rise up inside of you. Because we forget. We get caught up in coming to church and seeing the people that we love. And it's part of it. We are together together and to encourage one another. Even more so as we see the day of the Lord approaching. But let's not forget what has to happen outside of these walls. Because the prophet Isaiah told us that, that hell is expanding itself. Hell's making room for more and more. 
I've said this before and I want to continue saying it, but I want the, this church, which includes the people of this church, I want us to become a roadblock on the way to hell. If somebody absolutely is determined that that's where their destination is going to be, I want to make it hard for them. I want them to have to go around us. I want them to have to climb over us. I want to get in their way so that it takes work and effort for them to get to hell because I know that Jesus already paid the price. He put forth the effort. He he put forth the work to save them from hell, to save me from hell. And at some point, the church has to get serious about this. It's not enough to think that Jesus is coming back soon. It's not enough to hope that Jesus is coming back soon. Church, it's time to live like Jesus is coming back soon. It's time to live with such urgency that if it does happen in our lifetime, if it does happen soon, that we've prepared those around us, that they've at least had a chance to understand what Christ did for them and that he will forgive them of their sins and that there is an eternity in heaven. That is our job. He put that in our hands. He wants us to be the evangelist. Being an evangelist does not mean that you have to carry your Bible to work every day or to school every day. It doesn't mean that you have to stand on the lunch table or in the break room and, and preach to people every day. But if you're not intentionally having conversations to build trust with people, to eventually one day have that tough conversation about eternity, you're missing, you're missing it. You're missing the whole point of why God has you there. This is what matters. Jesus is coming back for his church. And it will happen when we least expect it. That's what he said three times in the last chapter of the Bible. I'm coming back when it's unexpected and it will happen fast. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to offend anyone, but, but people that, that die on their deathbed with a terminal illness and it takes some time, I, I want you to understand that they actually die with an advantage because they have time to contemplate eternity. And the Bible says that he has put eternity in the hearts of men. That means we're all contemplating it. But when you are on your deathbed and there's time to think about it, there's an advantage to dying that way. It's the unexpected death. And it's the unexpected return of Christ to capture his church that catches people off guard. Because Christ is coming back, I want to spoil the enemy's strategy. If his goal is to continue to expand hell, I want them to hang a vacancy sign on the gates of hell. If the enemy's strategy is to take as many people as possible to eternal damnation with him, then I want to spoil that strategy. 
Who do you know that needs Jesus? Who do you know that that needs that invite? We've taught this around our church for many years that there's two forms of evangelism. There's direct evangelism where you actually have that conversation with someone face to face and and, and it is uncomfortable, but it it is talking about their spiritual being it's talking about eternal life and it's talking about Jesus Christ and that's direct evangelism and then there's indirect evangelism where you just care enough about someone that you're gonna make sure they get one of those invite cards or you're gonna put forth the effort and say come sit with me on Easter Sunday and listen if you think for one second that this is just to build a crowd next Sunday we're gonna have a crowd next Sunday I just don't want to stand before God and realize that there was one person that I missed that I was responsible for. That's what I'm concerned with. Who needs to hear Christ in your life? Who needs to hear about his love and his forgiveness in your life? Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.